is the best podcast on the planet. So if I might, I'd like to start this, uh, this little time together with a brief story. I'd like to take you back to 1984. You see, it's my high school graduation. What makes it special? I'm the first one in my family to actually graduate high school on time. Not only that, but I'm going to go to college. Yeah, except for my mom. I'm the only one in my family to do that as well. So my brother is 17 years older and just just busting with pride. He shows up at my graduation driving a 19... Uh, let's see, 1978, yes, a 1978 Camaro Z28, one of my all-time favorite cars. It's white. It's got blue accents. It's got the rally wheels. It sounds so good. He tosses me the keys. This is happy graduation, brother. You've earned it. I was ecstatic for 10 minutes. And then my mom steps in, kind of like Clint Eastwood in any of his movies. She steps in and she goes, no, this is not happening. What do you mean it's not happening? What? what?" She goes, no, 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 no. Fast cars do not equal good grades. I'm sorry. You can't have it. It's crushed, crushed, heartbroken. I ended up having, you ready for this? My very first car at that point. 1966 Toyota Corona. Yeah, nothing to brag about. So now that you've heard the tragic story of my high school graduation gift that didn't happen. Thanks, Mom. Although, let me take a moment to say this. She was right. If I had started the story or told you that my brother wanted to give me an electric car, or a Prius or something like that, if they were even in existence back then, how would that have changed this story? Would have it connected with you as much as it did? Would you have felt that emotion? I don't know. But that is something we're going to talk about today. One of the things uh, that uh, we're going to we're going to speak with with us, as you can see, is a wonderful guest. His name is Steve Malink. He is uh, the CEO at Malink Corporation and the author of a uh, a new book that is out. And um, we're going to talk about that book. We're going to talk about his company. But uh, Steve, you're kind of a. Is it fair to say you're a, an advocate for renewable clean energy? Seth, I, I am. It's a it's a bright, wonderful future um, that's beckoning. Um, you talk about cars. I'd love to talk about electric cars. I have a Tesla, and I I've driven lots would. of cars in my life, and there's no car that I've ever driven that compares to a yeah. Tesla. Uh, the acceleration, uh, how quiet it is, um, the, the maintenance is a fraction of that of a conventional uh, yep. gasoline powered car it's got a tenth of the parts um it's it's a it's a dream drive and i've i've had it now for three years and every single time i get in it it's a, still a thrill you know i i have to tell you uh the tesla is one of those vehicles that i is on the short list of one that i would like to have um General Motors made the announcement that they're going to go, I believe, all electric by 2035, correct? Correct. And I think Volvo made this, the commitment to being all electric. Uh, I don't know when their deadline is, but they made the announcement quite some time back. 
which kind of took the automotive industry by surprise. Like, well, what, what do you mean you're going to go all electric? Here's the reason I started with this story is I love cars. I have loved cars all my life. And yes, I think the Tesla is an amazing automobile. Um, I was waiting for that car, you know, the little, I don't know what it was, but you know, that triangle electric car that was out there, I th- I, I, uh, there was that. And then there was the Chevrolet uh, EV1. I'm sorry, but those were atrocious vehicles. They were horrible. Nobody wanted to drive those things. They had no style, no, no get up and go. There was nothing <clears throat> about them. But as a car guy, there's nothing like the smell of gasoline just being wasted at an idle when you can smell the raw fuel and, and you feel the car thump as you're, as you're accelerating. That, mm, that gets my blood going. Um, what you is going to happen? Let me back up. With General Motors saying, hey, we're going all electric by 2035 and other manufacturers, my, my feeling is, and I know feelings aren't always you know, true, but my feeling is, hey, you're pushing your agenda on me instead of the, the consumer saying, we want more electric cars. You've got to produce them so that we can buy them. I'm kind of feeling like they're shoving it down our throats. Well, um, I think GM is looking at Tesla as the way of the future. And the reason they probably are is because... GM sells uh, five times more cars than Tesla, but yet they have one-tenth the valuation. You know, the, the, the enterprise is worth one-tenth that of Tesla. That's telling GM a lot about where investors and investors, of course, are making their decisions on based on consumer behavior, and they see the market accelerating in um, electric vehicle adoption. So, you know, you're talking about uh, the, the smell of the, the, the burned gasoline. And, you know, I'm sure that back in 1900, um, people were, you know, saying, gosh, I like the clippity clop of the horses and, oh, the, yeah. and the smell of the manure and all those kind of things. And gosh, are we going to have to move to this new technological era of, of I don't know if I like cars. the comparison you just made, but I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, somebody asked or, I mean, Ford. Think, think computers. I mean, the 1980s, yeah. people are wondering, now, what are, what are homeowners going to do with the co- computer? Right. You know? I mean, we've gone through, you know, all of human existence without a computer. Do we really need a computer? And it has changed our lives, obviously. Yeah, now everything has the computer in it. And so it's the same kind of a transformation that's taking place in transportation. I have to say, I must agree with you. All right. Reluctantly, I, I truly believe that electric vehicles are absolutely the way of the future and that the internal combustion engine slowly is going to go away at some point. Um, like you said, for those of us who like the power and speed and handling of, of high-performance vehicles, that Tesla uh, is a family sedan, and it outperforms almost every car out there, including some supercars. So, mm-hmm. And as a point of uh, uh, complete being clear and, and upfront, um, I own Tesla stock. So I can I can brag about how much I like my 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 gas burner and how much I want to hear it rumble. Truth is, I know where the money's going to be made. 
Yeah, I own Tesla stock. So, so let's just let's accept the. Eventually, we are going to see a much bigger market and many, many more EVs out on the road. So one of the things that, that the appeal for electric vehicles is uh, it's better for the environment, right? Yes. Um, the reason is... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the, the reason is, um, uh, is that you can power anything electric with clean energy, you don't need to burn something if you have something that's electric. And that's why not only in cars, um, but even in um, buildings, more and more, you've got a transition taking place from pollution or, or from um, oil and gas burning machines to uh, electric machines. Because again, electric machines, whether it's a car or a building, can run on clean energy. That is mm -hmm. power that came from the sun or from wind or hydro or whatever. Okay. So there's two things that um, I've heard a lot of pushback from uh, those of us who are, you know, <laughs> metalheads or gearheads and like the, like the cars. Um, two things. One, when you are producing the electricity that the vehicles will be running on, in our current situation, most of that electricity comes from power plants that use coal, diesel, uh, et cetera, uh, some nuclear, some hydro, et cetera. But there's a lot, you're, you're going to be requiring a lot more from the, from the grid, which doesn't, doesn't that correlate to more pollution for the environment uh, to meet that demand, that increased demand? Well, um, more and more utilities are installing clean energy um, um, production facilities like solar farms and wind farms than they are. Certainly, no one is building more coal-fired plants and fewer and fewer are adding natural gas peaker plants because the marginal cost of adding more capacity to the grid is lowest with solar and wind. Um, you know, the, the most valuable energy company in the United States, uh, it's called Next Era. They're the largest clean energy company in the world. Um, and, um, you know, it used to be Exxon. Exxon just probably like six years ago was the most valuable um, energy company uh, in the United States. And they have been supplanted easily now because Exxon and his you know, still in, wholly invested in fossil fuels and mm -hmm. next era is rapidly transitioning to a clean energy economy. And so, the, um, you, you know, that argument could be made, but it's, it, it's uh, if you don't understand the full context, more and more power going on the grid is coming from clean energy sources. Does uh, solar and wind have the capacity to meet the increased demand? Yes. In fact, the plan is that by 2035, 100% of the power on the grid will be coming from clean power. So in the next 15 years, all coal-fired power plants will be decommissioned and um, as well as natural gas, and um, it will be wholly replaced by clean energy. It seems like an extremely ambitious goal for the next it's, it's ambitious. Uh, 15 years and it, so forth. You it, said it, by 2035? Yes. Um, 
So that's 14 years from now. I think right seems- now we, I think right now we've got um, maybe 30% of the power on the grid is uh, renewable energy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's, we're going to have to more than double that almost triple that amount of power, but it's the fat, they're the fastest growing industries in the country. And in fact, the world um, more solar and wind jobs are being created than any other industry. Okay. So that brings me to the second issue of environmental impact. Uh, these vehicles run on extreme batteries. The battery packs that uh, run these vehicles are uh, extremely complicated. Uh, they're getting more efficient all the time, providing more power, providing uh, a longer time that you can drive on every charge, etc. cetera. Um, but they are also pretty toxic when you try to dispose of them. Um, if we're having more electric vehicles, we're going to be having more batteries, uh, these huge battery packs. And that means after, what, about 10 years is the lifespan for a battery pack, isn't it? 10 to 12 years? I don't know because I haven't had my Tesla for 10 or 15 years right. yet. But um, you say it's it because it's toxic. I mean, is it more toxic than burning coal and oil and maybe not. putting the pollutants in the atmosphere? But, so but maybe here's it's the thing. a better trade to have. Here's my point. If, if burning coal is the same as the disposal, uh, when we're talking about harm to the environment, yeah. as, as disposing of all these additional batteries, if it's the same, then there's no, there's no real benefit to doing the conversion. Um, but if there is a significant improvement, well, then, yeah, that, that supports the argument. But that's the thing that I've heard is uh, more demand on the, on the power grid and then disposal of these, these batteries uh, which I'm sure, given time and the way technology is is improving at an exponential rate, mm-hmm. uh, that may that may not be an issue. But right now it is, and and if we're going to really seriously think about going electric for the most of our uh, individual transportation, we got to consider this. Oh, absolutely. We we you know the, one of the main drivers of this is is that we want a, a healthier world in which to live, a safer health and healthier world. Um, and mining of any kind, uh, you know, can be hazardous, whether it's mining coal or drilling for oil or. Uh, precious metals or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought you were going to ask about solar panels. Most people say, well, what about solar panels? Uh, you know, aren't, isn't, you know, the, the mining of the materials for solar panels creating, you know, just as much damage to the earth. And, you know, my response to that is that, um, you know, the, the main component of silicon um, solar panels is silicon, which is mm-hmm. the most abundant element on the earth. Um but in regards to the uh, lithium um, for lithium ion batteries, um, you know, I'm sure there's challenges to be overcome like there are in any new emerging industry. But, you know, I have confidence that it's not going to be, be as bad as what we have going on right now. There was a study that just came out earlier this week that one in five deaths across the globe can be directly or indirectly attributed to air pollution caused by the burning of fossil fuels, um, whether it's cancer or heart disease or respiratory diseases, um, there's a there's a direct link. And so, you know, one of the main differences in my mind between mining this or mining that is mining this, that is fossil fuels, is we're not just mining it, but we're then burning it. Mm-hmm. And so we're not doing that with lithium, at least, you know, we're mining it, mm-hmm. we're turning it into something productive. 
and it's going to have a, a, a life of X number of years, like there's a life ex, you know, expectancy of, of anything, uh, even your gasoline-powered car. No. Um, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm confident, confident that, it, it, that we're replacing a big problem with a small problem. Yeah. Um, and then the renewable factor uh, for for a lot of these sources of energy, um, we don't have to continually have to, to spend money uh, wildcatting and exploring for the next source of, of the uh, of the pool of oil and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there are there are benefits. I, I do definitely agree. I just and I just want to also don't whitewash the challenges and, and you know, the other side, because one of the things that I do hear occasionally is uh, renewable energy, specifically electric cars. Uh, oh my gosh, they're perfect. They're absolutely a hundred percent clean. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. Uh, there's, there are things that have to be considered, but like with all things, um, what do you see as being the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle that needs to be overcome in order to get the population, and I'm, I'm just going to limit it to the United States because mm-hmm. uh, every area has its own challenges. But what do you see in the United States as being the biggest hurdle of becoming accepting of renewable, uh, cleaner, greener energies? Right now, for some of us, the you know, there's this preconceived idea. Uh, you guys are just a bunch of earth loving hippies. You know, will you stop? I want, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not doing anything really productive. It's just a fad. How do hmm. we get over that? How, how is that the hurdle, the attitude, or what is it if it's not? Well, a uh, good question. You know, I think change of any kind is hard. Um, you know, we've got a hundred plus years of being dependent on fossil fuels to power our homes and our economy. And the idea of changing that to one that's wholly based on electric and getting that power from the sun and wind and and water flowing over dams. Um, You know, for for me, it's, uh, you know, I'm kind of a technology guy. I'm an engineer. um, And I, I think it's cool. You know, I'd love my Tesla and I love that I've got solar panels in my home and at my place of work. And I, you know what? I never have to stop at a gas station to right. um, fill my car up because I charge at nighttime and, and during the day. Um, I, I'm, I'm a lover of technology and I embrace these opportunities. I often, you know, the main point in my book is that clean energy is the greatest opportunity of the 21st century. Uh, the transformation that it will take to put 100% of the power on the grid being elect, uh, being clean um, is is major, and then uh, and then uh, you know transforming our homes and buildings to um, you know become in essence mini power plants, and and that's and that's the opportunity all your listeners have is that is you know we no longer have to be dependent on our power company based in another state, mm-hmm. uh, sending us power from a, a power station 50 miles away, burning coal, as you said, kind of a thing. If we want, we can we can now put solar panels on our rooftop and power homes with the, the sunlight that's, you know, coming to, right. coming to us. Um, we don't have to go to, 
you know, the North Sea to drill oil uh, to power our cars. We can um, collect again the, the sunshine that's coming down to our home, and and I can directly power my car that way. Well, you know, what? let me let me ask you about solar uh, power for our homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember as a child, uh, my parents looked into it, and uh, because my, <laughs> my dad was the cheapest individual on the planet. That man, if if he and his brother found a penny at the same time, they would have made copper wire. Okay? Well, my dad would have been great company with them, and they, they <laughs> probably all grew up in the uh, the Great Depression era. Yeah, okay, right afterwards, yeah. So okay. uh, he was extremely frugal. Let me just be complimentary mm-hmm. and say he mm-hmm. was frugal. Yeah. Uh, and so they looked into solar energy because dad loved the idea of not having to pay the electric bill every month. Mm-hmm. But at the time, and this was years ago, at the time, the cost of purchasing the panels, installation, uh, there wasn't enough of a, a production of electricity for it to actually have paid for itself before the equipment needed to be replaced. And that's kind of also been the criticism of, all right, I'm going to spend a few thousand dollars buying the material, having it installed, uh, save some money uh, on my electric bill every month. Is it ever going to get to a point where I've saved enough where it has paid for itself And then I'm going to see a profit or right at the break even point. Now I got to start replacing parts. Is is that where we're still at or or what are we doing? No, that's that's plain old tapes um, because the cost of solar has come down like 80% over the last 10 years. So it's a fraction of what it was 10 years ago. And maybe your dad was looking at it 20 years or 30 years ago. Um, And that's why solar and wind power have become the, um, the 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 means to generate the preferred means to generate electricity today the the co- the, the relative cost to produce um, uh, solar power compared to installing a coal fired power plant or you know that costs billions of dollars and it and, and um, same thing with even a, a gas peaker plant so um, now I will say there are economies of scale associated with solar such that. One of the reasons that utilities are doing this is because they can do it in scale at a cheaper cost than you can as a homeowner. Mm -hmm. Therefore, more than likely, most of us will be continuing to buy power from our utility, even though we have the option of buying solar panels, because not all of us have $5,000 sitting around maybe to put in a, a solar PV system. But that that opportunity does exist for those that are are you know, inclined to do that and to, to, um, you know, to save that energy and to power their own cars and their homes, et cetera, um, with their own electricity. Um, But, you know, one thing that I would like your listeners to know is that, you know, for those that are buying power from a utility that's burning coal somewhere is that most utilities do offer a green power um, option. That is, you know, they can contact their utility or you can go online and do this, but you can subscribe to a green power plan. And the cost may be the same as what you're already paying for brown power, or it might be a, a, a tad more. And when I say a tad more, it might be like a half a cent a kilowatt hour, which for an average homeowner, that might amount to the cost of a Starbucks coffee per month. Mm-hmm. So at least for me, even though I have solar panels, there are times when um, it's, 
you know, it's um, cloudy outside, or of course at night, I'm not generating electricity with the solar panels. There are times when I'm pulling power from the grid, but during those times I am pulling power from the grid, I'm, sub I'm subscribed to this green power plan. So I know that I am not contributing to any environmental um, problems, uh, whether it be pollution that's impacting health or um, climate change that's impacting you know, the future of the planet. Steve, so, before we uh, before we go too far, I, you mentioned your book, and yes. I apologize, I did not give the title of the book. Would you mind give us the title of the book, and uh, where is it sure. available so that we can pick it up? Yes, the title of the book is Fusion Capitalism: A Clean Energy Vision for Conservatives. I'm a conservative, have been for my entire life, but um, no, at no time during my upbringing and um, my experiences as a conservative. Uh, you know, has it really become, um, you know, I guess logical, um, you know, to, to say, well, we, you know, conservatives believe in burning fossil fuels and we want to pollute the planet and those kind of things. So <laughs> there, there's really nothing there. And, and it, it seems like for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, I know the reason, the reason is you have a lot of um, fossil fuel companies who are, um you know, applying their powers and, and, and monies to influence um, lawmakers. But um, right. Well, you anyway. have to understand why. They have spent billions and billions of dollars to develop their technology, to develop their industry. Mm -hmm. And when you have a technology that is coming along and, and the attitude is, you know, in about 20 years, we're going to put you out of business. They're not going to, they're not just going to go, you know what? You're right. We're out. Uh, we're okay with that. Oh, and all of our stockholders and the board of directors, they're going to be fine with it too. Bye. That's not going to happen. So yeah, they are going to put up a fight. I join you in that I have been a conservative all of my adult life. Um, and I even look at our environment from a Christian standpoint of that we are uh, charged with the, the duty. It is our responsibility to look after the resources that we have been given. I believe, you know, God created earth and, and has uh, given us all of these things, but we are supposed to be good stewards of that which he has given us. And um, yeah, I, I see the pollution and I, I see things that are, are being done poorly. And it's like, eh, we're not doing it the right way. Uh, so I reluctantly have agreed uh, with all of that I've read and, and so forth. Matter of fact, I just go off on a quick tangent. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a pretty deep and, and chewy book called uh, the, uh, the singularity by Ray Kurzweil. And <laughs> he, if you can get through it, uh, his, uh, his explanation of where technology is going to be going in the next few decades pretty amazing, scary, but pretty mm -hmm. amazing. But one of the things he, he makes very clear is that there has got to be a renewable, clean energy source for our progress to continue. And um, I have to say, I agree. We, we're going to have to do it. 
And, and, and I think the uh, title of my book embraces what you just said very well, fusion capitalism. Uh, capitalism, it's, it's the best economic system ever developed by humankind. Agreed. But it got us into the problem that we have right now. But it also happens to be the very best system that can get us back out of the problem if we do it right. Yeah. Fusion, what is that? Fusion is the nuclear process that occurs on the sun by which we get all the heat and light that we will ever need on this planet to sustain us and allow us to, to grow and thrive for, you know, the billions of years that the sun is, is, um, is, you know, the energy to, to um, continue. So um, fusion capitalism, it's the answer to uh, the 21st century. And, um, you know, we're well on our way to, um, you know, becoming leaders in this, but but there are challenges because yeah. China and countries in Europe and beyond see the same opportunity. And the, the, and the risk is that if we as a country don't see this for the immense opportunity that this is, that we could cede it to, and it'll be other countries that are, well, in fact, it's China that's selling us their solar panels and it's yeah. other countries that are selling us other clean energy technologies because we're, we're not yet um galvanizing around this uh as a as a as a country of political parties yet and um we need to do that steve give me the name of the book and where we can pick it up one more time yes fusion capitalism a, a clean energy vision for conservatives you can get it at uh, amazon.com barnes and noble any of the um online um booksellers it has been a pleasure to talk to you and thank you uh, for for allowing me to share a little bit of a personal story to get us started. And uh, I I hope you are enjoying it. What model Tesla do you have? It's a Model X. So it's the SUV version. It's the one with the gall wing doors right. that come up. Uh, th- that was what got me. But it's it's the largest vehicle. So I can, um, you know, have my family, uh, you know, carry, a people, any, carry six Have any people. interest in getting the plaid, the Model S plaid that just came out? Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, oh, really? You, oh, my uh, gosh. You okay. need to check that out. You want a fast car? <laughs> there you go. Uh, and no, Tesla has not sponsored this program in any way, but I wouldn't be opposed if you gave me a call. Right. Sure. Uh, Steve, thank you very, <laughs> very so. much. Yeah, wonderful. Program. Thanks for having me on your program. Thank you.